0: Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you will, to Matthew chapter 16. Look at verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, and this is going to be a really important question. He asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? He said, who, who are people saying, what are they saying about me? Who are they saying I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist. <clears throat> some say Elijah. I think those are, <laughs> those are neat answers. Some say Okay, we saw John. That's not John. Some say he's John the Baptist. John is gone. No, but here he is. No, he is Elijah. No, so there's just crazy stuff going on in people's heads. And still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, Jesus said? And this is the important question. What about you? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. This was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. It's really important that we know who we say Jesus is. Not what the world says. Not what other church people say. Not what some Christians say important that we individually know who Jesus is, because what we know, the revelation that we have of who Jesus is, is what gets us through the difficult times. Many of you, most of you probably know, many of you, I don't know who, but this week has been a very challenging, difficult week for the Beverly family. Uh, we started early in the week with, um, a doctor appointment for Carla that led to a CAT scan that showed a mass that led to an MRI, a mass in her brain that then led to an MRI uh, that has now come come full circle to the point that um, that the mass is a brain tumor that's got to come out. And um, when we began this journey. A few days ago, things happen fast, guys. Love hard, love fast, because things happen fast. When we began this journey a few days ago, the first words, and Carla and I were very careful for the first words out of our mouth through all this to be words of faith, because that, those first words set a precedence of how things begin to flow. But God had been preparing, as I said earlier, our family and preparing this house for a long time. But we have heard it said, how could a good God, or how could God let something like this happen to such a good person? And that saddens my heart. Because it just shows, and I'm going to use this word, but I use it in, very lovingly. It shows an ignorance of who God is. When Jesus said, who do you say I am, Peter? I know what other people, other people are saying. Other people are saying God's a God who puts sickness on people. God's a bad God. God's a mean God. Um, God could stop this, but he won't stop it. That's what other people are saying. What do you say? Peter said, you're the son of the living God. You are God. You are the Messiah. And and when he said that, Jesus looked at him and Jesus said, Peter, you don't just know that because you've heard it. That just came from revelation. The father revealed that to you. Came from inside. And that's how we want to know the Lord. You don't wait until tragedy happens to get to know him. You get to know him. That's what gets you through difficult times. And I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that, you know, I I don't want you to see us walking on the clouds and no tears and no moments of fear. And uh, that's, that's not the case. But we know where our strength is and we know where our faith is. And we know who the healer is. God doesn't put sickness on his kids. He is not the author of it. He doesn't doesn't say, I want to teach you a lesson, so I'm going to give you cancer. I'm going to teach you a lesson, so I'm going to give you a tumor. I'm going to teach you a lesson. I want you to get closer to me, so I'm going to put a disease on you. That would be, be like me saying, I want to be closer to Joshua. I think I'll just make him sick. How many of you think that sounds like a father? And that's not our Father. Sometimes people have a difficult time reconciling what they see in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, with some things that we see that seem very harsh at times, without understanding that there's something greater behind it. But with every question we have from the Old Covenant, the cross is the answer. With every question we have from the old covenant, why? Why did God do this? Why did He do this? Why didn't He do this? The answer is the cross. Jesus is the revelation of all God ever wanted for His people. If you go into the Garden of Eden and we see... Go into the Garden of Eden and you see God the Father lovingly. God the triune God, saying we're going to make man in our image, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in our image. And he put him in a garden, in a beautiful garden with a tree of life and, and all kinds of stuff. And he said, now go and I'm giving you dominion over it. I'm giving you dominion. This means I'm giving you authority. And what I want you to do is take work that work it and take care of it and, and multiply and replenish the earth. Adam and Eve, go, have fun, have babies. I mean a bunch of babies. And let your babies make babies and babies. And, and no, we're not going to some of the places your mind goes trying to figure stuff. Well, if it Adam and Eve, and, and, and if they only had kids, and what about brothers? Eh. Okay. Some things we don't mess with. <clears throat> God created life. And he had a beautiful life for them. And there was no sickness in the garden. And there was no death in the garden. And there was no disease in the garden. And there was no pain in the garden. But Adam and Eve sold us out. Are you with me? Adam and Eve sold us out. Because the question is, if God doesn't do it, who does it? If God doesn't put sickness on people, then where does it come from and how does it come? Here's how it comes. Adam and Eve sold us out. They had been given dominion over the earth. That means they were given title deed to the earth to say, it is yours, you run it. And Adam and Eve sold us out and they signed over that deed to the devil. And so then from that point on, sin and death entered into this world. And the world has been chaotic ever since. The only only thing that's not chaos in this world is is God in His kids. Sin came into this world, and because of that, sickness came and disease came and death came. God didn't do that. Do you know what He did do? In His grace... He put man out of, the, out of the garden, and he put a, a guard around the tree of life so that in their state, they could not eat of the tree of life and live forever in this sinful state. That's grace. I mean, we look at it, that's grace. They tried to cover them, themselves with fig leaves, but what did Jesus? What did what did Jesus do? What did our God do? He he covered them with the skin of animals because there has to be shedding of blood for the remission of sin. Satan attacks with sickness; he still does it. It's going to end one day. Hello. His attacks are going to end one day. But he still does it. God doesn't do it. Peter, who do you say I am? Who do you guys say I am? Who do you say he is? I say he's a good God. I say he's a loving father. I say he's a a powerful savior. That's who he is. He's a healer, not a maker of sick. He doesn't make you sick. He brings healing. How many people in the New Testament do we see Jesus walking up to saying, be sick, be thou sick, be thou sicker, be thou sickest? We don't see that, do we? What do we see? You're healed. Lord, I'm sick. Will you open my blinded eyes? According to your faith, be blessed, eyes open. We see a healer. We see a gentle Savior. We see a healer. Don't we see that? But that gentle Savior went to the cross and kicked the devil's butt. And, and I'm not just saying this. Listen, see, I know some of you are thinking, well, he's just kind of, he's all stirred up here and emotional. And, and I am all stirred up and emotional in some ways. Um, but I'm not, I believe what I'm saying. I'm not trying to pump myself up to believe something. We're not trying to pump ourselves up to believe something. We just believe it. We just believe it. God doesn't make people sick. Who do you say he is? Do you see him as a loving father? What is going on in your life? Can you come to that place to say, he's a loving father. I know things are not the way I want them to be right now. I know that there's pain in this moment. I know there there are times of fear in this moment. I know I can't see all the way down the road how and and when, but I know he's got us can can you see him as that father walking with you all the way through the storm cuz you got stuff going on too I mean we invited you into our home just now because you're part of our family but you got stuff going on too And the same God that's healing here can bring healing in your life. From whatever, whether it's physical or some of you it's not physical, it's emotional pain. It's something deep, at a deeper level that you're struggling with. But He's the same loving God. He's the same loving Lord He's the same one that I talked about last week that gives you his righteousness because he knows you'll never come up with it on your own. And so when you start to say, well, I just don't deserve it, you're exactly right. You don't deserve it, and I don't either. But I'm so glad that he doesn't dish things out according to deserving. He does it by... Favor, unmerited, under, favor that we can't deserve on our own. Favor that comes because of what Jesus Christ did for us. Right? There's two things, two places that, we, that, that we've got to merge in, in this situation. And I'm, and I'm just sharing as an overflow from, from us. That hopefully is going to be helpful for somebody else who's going through stuff. But in second or in First Peter chapter, First Timothy chapter six, we read the words: "Have or fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of it." Here's what I'll tell you: There's two things. There's a fight to be fought, and there's a rest to be to be had. There's a fight that we have to fight. And there's a rest to be had. Are you with me on this? We're going to talk about the fight real quick first. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life. Eternal life, let me tell you, is not duration. It's, qual- it's, qual- it's quality of life. Yes, it's forever, but it's not just Uh, just on and on, it's quality. It's the quality of life that Jesus gives. Jesus said the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Not just give you life, but to give it to you to the overflow in abundance. That's eternal life. And so he says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you, were made, uh, when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. We're giving our good confession in the presence of all of you witnesses, okay? We're going to fight the good fight of faith. That, that word fight is where we get our word it, from the Greek word. It's where we get our word agony or agonize. Sometimes the fight brings agony. Sometimes there's agonizing involved, and we don't like that. Carla and I were having a conversation last night. I uh, didn't tell her I was going to say this, but we're kind of letting you in to the room of some intimacy uh, with us. She was asking me how I was doing, and I said, you know, I, I, I believe without a shadow of a doubt God's healing I said, but I am struggling watching you go through the pain of this. And she said, well, she said, what I'm struggling with is you guys, you and the kids, having to deal with this. And I, I realized that's the Agony. There's agony and pain that comes with this stuff. We've got friends that are family, the Pattersons, that have been so helpful over the the last few days in this situation. I mean, well, friends for life, but have really been there. But I've seen their agony. It it brings agony. I've seen Jan, Carla's mom, this precious sweet little lady sitting right here who... Gave birth to my wife. <laughs> and raised her, turned, made a good woman. Um, I've seen her agony. Carla's dad. I, I know agony is a part of that. But he said fight. The good, fight the good fight of faith. That means that there are battles that come against our faith that try to convince us of everything other than what God has said. But Jesus told us to pray that the will of God in heaven will be done on earth and there ain't no sickness in heaven am I right or am I just making up a bunch of stuff so we're standing in faith believing for, for uh, and fighting this, this fight of faith whatever comes whatever we have to deal with our faith is in God our faith is in Him. Our strength is in Him. And the, and, and the cool thing about it, and again, this was another thing we were, we were talking about last night. Honey, we might have should have just put this on FaceTime with everybody instead of <laughs> me having to repeat it. She said, you know, in some ways it's scary. She said, but in some ways it's exciting because God's going to do some big stuff through this. Yeah. I'm just thinking, when I look at you, when I know where God has has brought us as a church, I'm just thinking, is the devil that stupid? Is he that stupid to attack this house? This house and this house. Because y'all are not those people. Y'all are not those people that say, well, I just can't believe God would put that on her. No, y'all are the people who say, God didn't do it, but he gonna fix it. He gonna fix it, that's what I said. (laughs) He gonna do it. He's gonna fix it. Faith does not deny the existence of a problem. Faith, our faith does not walk around pretending that that it's not there. From a physical world place, they found one. They found one uh, larger tumor that's causing all of her symptoms, and then on the right side, which is this is my left, but on the right side, uh, there's another small one. Um they think is the same material as, as the larger one. God can take care of all that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then they sent her back to the doctor and said, well, but because there's two, then uh, that we want to have a body scan because sometimes when there's two, it means that there's more stuff going on in, in the body. And using fancy words like metastasizing and all that kind of stuff, I don't even know what that means. But uh, the reality is, God's—he can—he—he—he he, he does it all, right? Am I right about that, or am I just dreaming? The next thing is, after you fight the fight of faith, we got to do this. Look at—look at, look at uh, Matthew chapter eleven. Verse 26, 28, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will increase your burden. Is that what it says? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you, say it out loud with me, and I will give you what? I will give you rest. And he's not talking about lay down on the couch, rest. He's not talking about get a Coca-Cola in a, in a bag of cheetos and turn on the game rest. He's talking about a rest that comes from the inside. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You know what we're doing in this, in this, in this moment in time, we're learning, man, we're just learning. We just okay, God, we're not going to waste this. We're going to learn. We don't want it. We hate it. We don't want it, but it's there. So we're going to learn. And when we come out on the other side of this, we're going to know a whole lot more about the Lord than we even knew before. For I am gentle and humble in heart. I am mean, and I make people sick. No, I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He brings a rest. So here's what we got to do. Y'all ready? Here's what we got to do. One hand, we're fighting the good fight of faith. Faith. Not worry. Faith. On the other hand, we're learning to rest. say, but how can you do both? Well, sometimes you've got to fight the good fight of faith to even get to the place of rest. Sometimes you've got to fight your way to rest. Sometimes you've got to fight the devil and everything he's trying to do to your head to get to that place. But when you get there, there's a trust that says, I believe you, Lord, I trust you, and I'm going to rest in you. You said you'd never leave us or forsake us. I'm going to trust in you. And then we begin to find that place. Cast your care on him because he cares for you. That's who do men say, Judy? Who, who, who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say, Jesus? Jesus said, who, are you, who do you say I am? I say you're a loving father. I say you're a father who cares. I say you're a father who's going to see us through. I say you're a healer. I say you're a lover. I say you're a deliverer. I say you're a giver of hope. That's what I say. But I don't just say it because I've heard other people say it. I say it because... The same reason Peter was able to say it was revealed to him by the Father. I can say that because it's been revealed to me and my family for years by the Father. It's a revelation that's much deeper inside. Now I'm going to end with this, and I already read the, read the scripture, but I'm, I'm gonna, I don't know if I did, maybe I didn't, but it don't matter. I woke up yesterday morning with a passage on my mind where Jesus and the disciples were walking and Mark, I love the way Mark brings out this idea of hunger. Mark says, uh, well, Jesus was hungry and so he he curses this fig tree. So it's like, okay, he must have been pretty, pretty hungry to be that mad. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I've been pretty hungry before. It wasn't that. They're walking down. Jesus looks and he sees a tree. That is not producing. A fig tree has no figs, got leaves, looks pretty, but it's not producing. And Jesus speaks to the fig tree and says, Nobody's gonna ever eat from you again. So they walked away. They came back sometime later, maybe the next day. They come walking by, and Peter's freaking out. Peter said, Rabbi, that tree that you cussed at. You see Jesus cussing a tree? Well, I think he said curse. That tree that you cursed, it's dried up from the root. Jesus spoke, and it dried up from the root. Now let me say this, and this is for, for all of us. Okay? And I know I gotta go because kid stuff's coming, and I'm almost done. There are things in our life sometime that do nothing but rob that take nutrition for something that could actually produce. And that can be physically, it can be spiritually, it can be anything, but it sucks, away, it sucks the life out of you. This tree was using up the nutrients that could have been used for another tree that would actually, that would actually produce. And I think sometimes in our life, there are things that need to go and they need to be dried up from the root because they're robbing nutrition. Sometimes it's physical, robbing the nutrition, robbing the life from some part of your body that needs to be going somewhere, but it's it's drawing that life out, and I saw that as the tumor. For others of you, it's something else you're going through, but it's, it's, it's stealing life that Jesus wants to give back to you. It could be an attitude. It could be, uh, something you've been through. Um, but it, it's, it's robbing you. It's taking nutrition away. It's unforgiveness. It's taking nutrition away. The life of Jesus that wants to flood your very soul, that wants to produce the fruit of life inside of you. And so Jesus spoke to it. And then he came back and he said, to his disciples let's look at uh, let's look at mark chapter 11 verse 20 right quick let's do this quickly y'all going to hurry in the morning as they went along they saw the fig tree withered from the roots and that's what we're that's what we're going to speak to this that's what we did earlier we're speaking to the tumor it's going to wither at the roots Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Jesus said, Have faith in God. And see, I'm going to tell you something. All I know how to do is this. It's just all I know how to do. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to the mountain, sometimes when my grandbabies, I think they may be listening. Sometimes, when my grandbabies get in get one of those whiny moments, crying, and, 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 and Nikki and Ryan can't figure out what's going on, Nikki will say, or and Ryan will say, uh, Use your words. Use your words. I, I, I need to, you know, I, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you want. Use your words. And so, I think Jesus is saying here, use your words. There's a mountain in your way, use your word. Speak to the thing. He didn't say, Ask me to move the mountain, did he? Did anybody notice that? See, religion won't let you do this because religion says, Oh, you can't do that. You're playing God. No, I'm reading you the word of God that came straight out of the mouth of God, and He's the one telling us to do it. He's saying, You speak to the mountain. Don't ask me to speak to the mountain. You speak to the mountain. Sometimes we spend so much time begging God for for healing and healing, and sometimes I think he's just saying, I just need you to speak to it. I just need you to speak, oh, but God, oh, God, oh, God. No, no, listen, I, I appreciate the fact that you understand that I am the healer, and it's my power that heals, but I have given you authority in the earth. The authority that I've given you, I need you to speak to the mountain. And if you believe, what did he say? it's gone. What did he say? True that to you, if you don't want to speak so much, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. So first of all, there's that, and then I am closing, guys. I am so sorry. I've got to get this out, though. Look at the next one. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you receive it, and it will be yours. There's, there's two aspects here that I want us to come together as a, as a church family over the next time. Not And in, in for us, yes, but there are other things I know. But, but we're asking this for us, and that is number one, is that, that if you will with me daily, speak to the tumor. Speak directly to it. I'm going to be doing it from home with my hands on her head. You can do it from your home. You can stretch your arm out toward ours if you can figure out where it's at. Or you can just stretch it out and pretend like we're out there, you know, wherever it is. But speak to the tumor. Take the authority that has been given to us that Jesus gave us and you join with us in in every day. Speak to the tumor. In the name of Jesus. By the authority and the power, this it's not me. By his authority, in Jesus' name, we speak to the tumor. We speak to you, tumor, dry up and die. Dry up from the root and die. Pray that with us. Speak that. And then there are some things, because he said pray to the Father also, there are some things that we just don't know. There are some things that I don't even know. I'll be honest with you, I don't even know what to pray. But there are other needs that need to be prayed for, and we ask you to pray for those needs. And I'm just going to be straight up honest with you, and this is going to freak some of you out, and some of you, and I know some of you think, "Bud, you should just should not say stuff like that." But I'm going to say it anyway. I've spent a whole lot of time just praying in tongues, praying in spirit, because I don't even know what to pray in English. Now, some of you understand that. Some of you it'll freak you out a little bit, but it's okay because I'm not going to do it here. I mean, you're you're okay. But that's just, that's, that's just what we do. That's just what we do. Every times Carla. She's praying in the Spirit. Praying in tongues because she doesn't know. She doesn't even know what to, 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 to pray in English sometimes. And I know that opens up a whole other can of worms, but I'm not going to. You just have to sit on that can for a while because I'm just not. Because I'm done. I'm just done. I love you all so much. We love you more than you know. You're our family. And um, it's going to be amazing what God does. Carla said, I'm scared, but I'm also excited. I understand that, don't you? Because God's going to do something big. He's already doing it. He's already doing it. Lord, I don't even know what to do or say here, Lord, except for just say thank you. I love you. I so want people to see you, the real you, not what other people are saying about you. But to know you as the loving Father that you are. The one who is there with us no matter what, through the thick and the thin, the pain, the hurt, the healing, the whatever, Lord, you're, you're there. And we thank you for your promise that you'd never leave us. You'd never forsake us. You're a loving Father. You're a good, good. You're a good, good Father. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you again next week.